Fucked Up Bedtime Stories for Adults is a short audio series full of strange stories for stranger times. The world is a messy, unnerving and complicated place. Fucked Up Bedtime Stories is a horror anthology inspired by the unconscious anxieties and dread from our times that we have bubbling at the surface. For adults only to listen at bedtime. From our dream theatre into your dreams. Listener discretion is advised. The Wound by Yasmin Joseph. Performed by Tamara Lawrence. Today, I unpacked my last box. And I've got to admit, it's all been a bit anticlimactic. I thought I'd feel like I was on my grown woman shit, you know? Finally, my own yard. Solitude. I've spent my whole life in spaces not made to accommodate so many bodies. I grew up literally thinking black people's mouths just couldn't find the shape to say not enough room. This moment was so clear in my head. I'd look around and see name brand candles. Ari Lennox's new apartment would be blasting from my sonos. Nah, actually, from a vinyl. Just crackling and aging the sound of it, you know. Classy. Whilst I swan around in silk pyjamas, drinking a green smoothie and burning incense. I never knew that making a home for myself was just 80% inheriting panic. Charting how racist the neighbours might be from the tone of their hellos so I know who'll call Fed when we play Movado at my barbecues. Oh, and then there's all the fucking fear of being a woman alone. Dispensable everywhere else, but I'm acutely aware that the world might actually end if I can't pay a bill, not to forget the plausible and constant threat of murder. Calling out pretending there's a man inside whenever I open my door in shorts. Jumping at the sound of everything. And does anyone else wonder how long they'll take to be found if, you know... <laughs> no, just me then. Sorry to be grim, I'm just a little prone to angst. Now for the final touch. There. Done. Officially nested. Wait, is this shit even symmetrical? And what is... This has to be the most stubborn... My gran always had a thing about mirrors. It stood out even though she had lots of things about pre-seasoning your meat for Sundays, keeping the windows clean so your neighbours can't chat you, about folding, mopping and hoovering and all of it being so closely tied to shielding yourself from shame. But amongst her rules for the order of a Caribbean woman's home, the boundaries with mirrors were the one thing I didn't reject only questioned and looking at this fucking smudge right now I can just feel her discontent 
Once when I was a little girl and I was at her house, bored as shit, she was sleep watching Countdown and mum was quite content to let me fossilise in the silence while she painted her nails. So I went into the hallway looking for entertainment, saw the mirror and thought, yeah, fuck it, this will do. I had my nose pressed against the glass, my mouth was open, breathing heavy so I could see the steam, you know, kid shit. And out of nowhere, my gran just marched over and snatched me away. I, I, I wasn't used to her being so firm. I, I stood there hot, filling up with tears, and she just sat back in her chair looking troubled. Mom took pity. Oh, it's alright, Sash. I know you didn't mean it. She squeezed me as much as her wet nails would allow before she moved back to focusing on the top coat. She's just playing, Mum. What's the worst that could happen? And my gran just shook her head knowingly. Like she'd already seen the worst. And neither of us were equipped. After that day, I made a thing of watching my gran around mirrors. It became a quiet obsession. What was it that made this smiley, sturdy woman jump from her sleep and tug me to safety with all the strength in her hands. I clocked that her interactions with mirrors were always fleeting. Adjusting her hat, a quick brush of her blouse at the door, never really letting it hold her gaze. At first I just thought she was just against vanity, but with age I realised it was something deeper. Like she resented having them in the house, but still regarded them with reluctant respect. They were always clean, always symmetrical, view never obstructed, like a looking glass. When I got old enough to tease, I remember saying, Granny, you act like you're scared of your own reflection. And she'd just smile sweetly, but with a warning in her eyes that said, I've seen everything I need to see. With time, I wondered if it was a grief thing. If her forehead looked like her dad's or if it pained to see wrinkles stem like vines across the face that my granddad once waxed about in letters. Mum let me read them once when we were clearing out and I've got to say her stomach is much stronger than mine because boy, there is not a person in this world that could get me to read that shit between my parents proper soft core and is worse because it's all mad respectful and poetic so the source is in the unsaid. I didn't even know people were freaky like that in the 50s. I asked mum about Gran and Mirrors once and she just shrugged. Oh, mirrors tell the truth. As if truth was enough to scare a woman who fought skinheads because her husband was still at work. Like, truth stopped my gran from scattering several Christmases by bringing up someone's deepest tea while we were all around the table. Nah. There was something else. And sometimes I think I see it when I stare into the black of my eyes. Searching for answers about why I'm here, what I'm here to do, examining my body like a surgeon or, or hating my pores, cleaning, shining, feeling apologetic as I shuffle past, feeling watched. Adulthood is actually a scam, you know. Night to myself in my new yard. Could be chill, but nah. Brain wants to tackle my constant state of anxiety and childhood observations of adult trauma. Calm. Sounds lit.
Okay. Maybe a few drops of lavender. Mm, what's this? Fuck it, sounds tranquil. can only be reversed by jumping through a ring of fire or some bollocks. What the fucking odds? Mirror gets cracked right down the middle and stubborn mark is still... Fuck. No, 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 that, that didn't just happen. Sasha, get your shit together, that did not just happen. I press my finger against the glass again to be sure. sudden it's just like this heat and then weakness deep deep weakness like my ribs are being cracked open for a better angle for someone to suck the thump out of my heart have you ever given blood there's this weird moment where it's like your body and mind have two different agendas you came thinking you were doing something good and the second you stand your body punishes you for your generosity making your knees buckle and your hands sweat reminding you who really calls the shots do you know what i mean all week my mind has been drawing towards this mirror telling me that hanging it is the final step to owning this space but every time i'm near it something in my body starts screaming run Perched on the edge of the bath and I'm thinking, well, fuck my life, really. How nice of my breakdown to emerge during downtime. How considerate. Also, was there LSD in that Shiraz? Little did once feed us horse. A bit of blood from my newly cut hand drips to the ground. And then it runs a straight line across the tiles like my bathroom's at a gradient, tilted towards an underworld. <sighs> my blood climbs up the wall and into... Oh, fuck. Fucking hell. Help me, help me, help me. Where's my phone? Where's my... Oh, I can't fucking move. The mirror drinks me right from that very spot. 
I feel my body jerk as it belches, quenched. Quick break before it's back in for another round. I sit here, frozen to this spot. I'm too fucking weak to scream. My reflection stands. An autonomous version of me. Eyes glistening. And she nears me. Smiling. Fucking smiling. Why? Fucking answer me. Why? again as a moth or a butterfly until she's surrounded. What is it you want? What is it you want? She doesn't speak but I carry her words through this cord of blood, through this fucked up connection. Her voice is mine, but sweeter, sympathetic. You carry the wound. I'm so sorry, but you carry the wound. Lots of us do. Fuck this! Every fucking blow, my hands cut deeper. My world shakes and hers barely fucking trembles. Is everything all right in there? We've got kids sleeping. Well, I don't know if she's been beaten up, Gary. I thought she lived alone. Every blow from my hands took the force of moving a mountain. But the mirror stands before me, barely changed. She stands before me, barely changed. And then she tilts her head and her smile drops and she stares at me like I'm the one who's broken. In this moment, I want my gran, I want my mum, I want my aunts, I want my cousins, I want every woman who's ever made me feel safe, I want their reflection, I want them to tell me that this woman drinking my blood and ripping my flesh and staring me down isn't me. Autonomous me in the mirror goes to the cupboard. She holds what at first looks like a mask and then begins to try on a series of faces. Me, throughout the ages. In one year, two years, five years, seven years, maybe ten. Props not the time, but shout out future me. I'm a bit of a milf, to be honest. Retinol mixed with the good genes. Twenty years, thirty years. She holds up the final mask and I wonder if that's the one that kills me. I shake my head and she politely puts it away. 
Is this what she saw? Is this what she saw? The bath overflows. Water gushes out across the tiles, scalding, mixing with my dripping blood, making a smoother passage to that spot in the mirror where she drinks. And I'm transfixed. Autonomous me stands in the mirror, bone dry. Fresh flowers begin to shoot through the grout. She's in a meadow. And the sun is shining. And she's so peaceful. So fucking peaceful. The type of alignment that isn't spoken is just in your skin and your posture. This unburdened version of me. And my heart bursts at the sight of it. No, literally bursts. And in this moment, I'm reminded of my sweet gran. How she found home in the strict four walls of order and regimen. I imagine her a younger version, just like me, faced with this fucked apparition, but smart enough to step back. Smart enough to get out just in time. Swallowing the information with nowhere to hold it but her brow. And not because she's incurious, but because who I go feed my kids if I fuck her own with this and die. And I'm reminded that she didn't get the space to explore her wounds, the world was too unforgiving. But for all of her burying, and suppression, and cleaning, and cussing, and folding, and worrying, just so that we could run. I owe it to her to heal mine. All I see is black. And I can smell the meadow. The water has flown straight from my bath down to a stream. And just when I'm at the brink, when my body tingles with thirst for the abyss, when I'm being tugged from this world into the next, I'm charged enough to stand. This piece was directed by Jennifer Baxt, with sound design by Zana 